بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with the deen of Islam and this is the greatest blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have this deen of Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al-islam deena today I have completed my favors upon you this is one of the last ayahs that was revealed upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum. I have completed the deen that I have sent upon you, O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I have completed my favors upon you. And I have chosen Islam as your deen. We have this belief, and it is a necessary belief that we have, that Islam is the chosen way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His creation. The only acceptable lifestyle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in the deen al-Islam, the only way of life acceptable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the way of Islam. Whoever will adopt any other way of life besides the way of Islam, it will never be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it complete in all its aspects. And it will remain unchanging. It will remain equally valid and applicable at all times. On the other hand, is the condition of the Muslims. The conditions of the Muslims is not something that will not, not change. And they will always remain supreme, always remain dominant. That is the case with Islam, as a belief among beliefs. Other adiyan batila, other deviant forms of religion, Islam is a supreme religion. Will always remain the supreme religion. With respect to its proofs and evidences, with respect to its literature, with respect to its textual evidences, the Quran is a, always will remain the living miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a deen, as a religion, can always be defended and will never be overpowered by any other religion. That is when it comes to the deen amongst other adiyan, amongst other religions. That is when it comes to our belief system versus other belief systems. Never can any other system of morals be superior to the morals given to us by Rasulullah Never can any set of ideals and theology or ethics or society or even mundane worldly ways of living our lives. Any other system of economics or judicial system can ever be superior to the way shown by Rasulullah As we know, our beautiful deen is a complete way of life. There is no aspect of our life that we will not find teachings of Islam regarding that. From how to rectify your soul at an individual level to how to run an entire government. We have all the teachings in our deen. So that is when it comes to Islam and that is something for us to be proud of, something for us to be... Thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for such a beautiful, relevant deen. But on the other side, we have the conditions of Muslims. 
This is one of the first lessons whenever I give shahada to a new Muslim brother or sister accepting the fold of Islam, entering the fold of Islam that I have to teach them, unfortunately, this reality. That my dear brother, you are entering the fold of Islam. If you have any questions regarding the teachings of Islam, what does Islam say about this, what does Islam say about that? Then inshaAllah, whatever answers I have, I'll be able to directly provide for you. And if you ask me something I do not know, which there could be many things, inshaAllah, I have full confidence our scholars will be able to answer those questions. I can revert back to the books and come and give you the answer, a satisfying answer to defend the teachings of Islam. Because Islam, as I said, is the supreme way of life from every aspect. But unfortunately, do not become confused and regard the actions of Muslims to be equivalent to the teachings of Islam. Muslims in their actions at all times are not necessarily the most correct and can be defended and can be applauded and can be condoned. Rather, many times Muslims will be violating the orders of Allah. Muslims' actions will be contrary to the teachings of Rasulullah Their behavior may not be representing the character of Rasulullah And as a new convert to the faith, river to the faith, when you see the actions of Muslims, you might tend to equate that with the teachings of Islam and say that if I want to learn how to pray, I pray how a Muslim brother prays. If I want to know how to perform the ablution, I follow the one next to me. And when you see a Muslim behaving otherwise, breaking the rules, then you might make this confusion and start regarding that as that's the way Muslims behave, that's the way we're supposed to behave. Unfortunately, that is not the case. In the beginning, in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we find in the Qur'an that there are different categories of people that the Qur'an addresses. And this category that we are talking about was non-existent, the non-practicing Muslim. What are the different groups we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to them in the Qur'an? We have, Ya ladina amanu, O those who believe. Al-mu'minun. The true believers. These were the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in. They are those who were ready to give their life for Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There were two categories amongst them. فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْدِيلًا There are those who gave the sacrifice of their life for the sake of Allah. It's the first category. And the second category are وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ Those who are waiting, when can they give their life? That is it. There are only two groups amongst the mu'minun. آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ The true believers, آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ كُلٌّ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرَسُولِهِ إِلَىٰ نُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِنْ رُسُولِهِ وَقَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا The المؤمنون, over here, المؤمنون, the Alif Lam is referring to a specific group of believers, the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in. They said, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear the order of Allah, we hear the order of Rasulullah and we obey immediately, instantly without any single second or moment of hesitation. This was the quality of Al-Mu'minun. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Then we have another group mentioned in the Qur'an, Ya Ahl al-Kitab, or the people of the book. These were the Yahud and the Nasara, the Christians and the Jews. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us an etiquette of how to give da'wah, that you pick one of their beautiful attributes and address them to attract them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have addressed them as Ya Qatalat al-Anbiya 
all those who killed the prophets of Allah which would have been accurate representation of their history but Allah Ta'ala did not address them like that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala addressed them as Ya Ahl Al-Kitab, O the people of the book honorific title if you want to bring them closer towards you you want them to attain guidance and enter Jannah with you and you have sincere love for them as a believer then it does not help you to ridicule them to defame them to criticize them rather address them in a noble manner in a respectful manner and invite them towards the truth Ya Ahl Al-Kitab O the people of the book Ta'ala Come let us come to a common word between us that we can agree upon. Allah We all agree that we do not worship anyone besides Allah. Etc. etc. The whole ayah continues. So this is the second group. Then we have the mushrikun, the polytheists, those who worship idols in Makkah. This is the third group. These were idol worshippers. These were pagan Arabs. And then the fourth group we have are the munafiqun, the hypocrites of Medina. These were those who apparently acted like they were Muslims because the dominant religion of Medina was Islam and Rasulullah was not only the head of the deen, the religion, but head of the state as well. And for political advantage, they acted like the Muslims, but they were hiding the kufr in their hearts. These are the munafiqun, the hypocrites. وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ مَرَضُوا عَلَى النِّفَاقِ among the residents of Medina, there are those who are hardcore hypocrites. لا تعلمهم. You don't know who they are, O Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi I know who they are. سنعذبهم مرتين. They will be punished twice for their kufr and hiding their kufr. إن المنافقين في الدرك الأسفل من النار. They will be in the lowest level of Jahannam. What we find absent is this group, which is the most predominant group today, is not even mentioned in the Quran directly. Because they were not existent. And that is a group of those who are reciters of the kalima La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. But their actions are not in conformance with the demands of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. This group is identified in the third person, but are not addressed in the second person. They identify this group is known as the fasiqun, the sinners. So technically they are believers, because they recite the kalima, they are not munafiqun. Munafiqun are hypocrites who actually do not believe in their hearts. Nifaq is a type of kufr. In fact, it is the worst type of kufr. There is one kafir who says with his tongue openly proclaims, I do not believe in Islam, I don't believe in Allah, in the Quran. That is an open kafir. And then there is another kafir who does not believe in his heart, but he pretends to be a Muslim. This is the worst state of kufr. This is called nifaq i'tiqadi. Hypocrisy from the perspective of his belief. His belief itself is hypocritical. Alhamdulillah, we are not of that group. They may be some of that group who are agents of the enemies of Islam, who portray themselves as Muslims, act as Muslims, but are hiding kufr. That is a small minority. If they exist, who have different agendas, who are penetrating Muslim communities, acting like Muslims, but are not Muslims. So that may continue in, in that form today. But the vast majority we have is called nifaq amali. Not nifaq i'tiqadi. Not hypocrisy in belief, but hypocrisy in practice. We recite the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. That means that I believe in Allah. Amantu billah. Kama huwa. How he is. I believe in Allah the way he is. Bi asma'ihi wa sifatihi. With all his beautiful names and all his beautiful attributes. 
And I have accepted all of his injunctions and commands. That's what it means to be a believer. I testify to this with my tongue and I believe in this in my heart. Yet, we, we are missing the obligations of the deen. We are not performing the farad salat. Yet, we are engaged in haram. We are violating the orders of Allah, violating the sunnah of Rasulullah. So, what is this called? This is called nifaq amali. Practically, there is hypocrisy in our actions. Alhamdulillah, there is no hypocrisy in our belief. We hope and pray. But there is hypocrisy in our actions. And all the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for salvation and success in this dunya and in the akhirah, they are, pro- they are reserved for those who will have sincerity of iman and will have the reality of faith. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promises will come true. If there is hypocrisy in our practice, then we are not deserving of any promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why we see the situation of the ummah that we are in throughout the world. We cannot blame anyone but ourselves that we have to wake up from our slumber. This distressing condition that the ummah has come to in this depth that we have fallen to is a result of ourselves leaving the teachings of Islam. In the beginning, the a'mal and the actions that came from the body parts of the Sahaba عنهم, were in total conformance with the ahkam and the injunctions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So much so that it was valid for them and it was legitimate for them and it was permissible for them to invite non-Muslims towards Islam with the very simple words which were applicable and true at that point which we are in no position to say today. What were those words? Kunu mithlana. Become like us. Literally, they were in such a position that they could invite non-Muslim nations towards Islam by saying kunu mithlana. Become like us. Can we hold our head high and invite the nations of the world and to say that kunu mislana become like us? We are in no position to say that unfortunately. The thing for us to realize is it is not because Islam has changed that Islam is not the beautiful religion it was then. It is because we as Muslims have changed. Islam that was in the time of Rasulullah and Islam the time of Sahaba is the same Islam today. Allah that was then is the same Allah today. The Qur'an that was then is the same Qur'an today. The beautiful ahkam and injunctions in the religion that was then, it was today. All of these, if you want to compare, are constants. The only variable in the equation that has changed is our actions. We can say, be anything but like us. Like somebody asked Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, can you explain to us how was the character of Rasulullah wasallam?" So she said, have you not read the Qur'an? His character was the Qur'an. Likewise was the condition of the Sahaba The lives reflected the Qur'an. They were not fasiqeen, they were mu'mineen, muhsineen, muttaqeen. They were the Sahaba of Rasulullah So whatever destruction we are facing as an ummah, it is because of our own actions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِ النَّاسِ the corruption that has spread throughout the earth. 
This Quran, the Quranic ayah says, Barri wal Bahar, on the land and on the sea, in today is also in the air. Bima kasabat nas. It is as a result of what you yourself have earned. Aidi means your hands. With your own hands, you have brought this destruction upon yourselves. And if you are subjugated by other nations, and other nations are put upon you to rule over you and to harass you and to oppress you, what did Allah Ta'ala say? لِيُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْدَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا Allah wants you to taste the result of some of your own actions. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ Perhaps you will wake up from your slumber and return back to Allah. That is why Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala brings a test upon us. If Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala did not love us, did not care about us, then He will let us go scot-free and will let us continue to enjoy worldly progress and have no difficulty. So then we do not make tawbah and return unto Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not bring any difficulty for Fir'aun. So he continued in his transgression. If he had any personal sickness, if he had any personal pain, if he was in a difficulty, then if he was under depression, he would never be able to say, Ana rabbukumul a'la, I'm your Lord the Most High. This is a form of adab from Allah ta'ala that Allah gave him that respite. Allah says that I give chance upon chance and I give respite. This is my planning. So that when I catch you, then I will bring the biggest Allah upon you on the day of judgment. So if Allah Ta'ala did not love us, then we would not feel the difference. If we are suffering as an ummah and we are undergoing these crises, this is a wake-up call for us. Wake-up call for us today. What is happening to our Masjid Al-Aqsa? All of these trials are there to call us back towards Allah. For us to make rujua towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For us to make tawbah towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inaba, turn towards Him in repentance for our actions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promises are most true. Inna Allah la yukhliful mi'ad. Verily Allah does not go against His promise. وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا Who can be more truthful than Allah? وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا Whose words are more truthful than the words of Allah? And Allah Himself said, وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ You will remain supreme on the land. And you will have authority on this earth. إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ But there is a condition mentioned there. Provided you are true believers. Provided you have true iman, you will have supremacy over this earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the strongest words possible in the Arabic language. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wa'ada Allah. This is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alladheena amanu wa amilu salihat. Those who believe in Allah and follow up with righteous actions. Not mere lip service, but rather they follow through with their actions and prove they are true believers. Wa'ada Allah, alladheena amanu minkum wa amilu salihat, la yastakhrifannahum fil ard. Allah will give them supremacy and authority over this earth. No one can come and stop and take over the house of Allah and kick the people out and install cameras. No other authority can come into the house of Allah and install cameras in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as they are doing in the Masjid Al-Aqsa. And the third holiest masjid in Islam, the place where the Anbiya alayhim salam, the arwah gathered in Rasulullah sallam led the salah. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There are so many hadith about the virtues of this beautiful house of Allah, third holiest site in Islam. They are uh, installing. They have installed the metal detectors 
close down the masjid. All of these crimes that are happening, it is an opportunity for us to reflect that we have to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tawbah and turn towards Allah and our, improve in our a'mal, improve on our unity in ittihad, remove the differences that we have brought amongst ourselves. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promises are definitely true. He will grant us a victory. Of course, by no means are we rationalizing and giving excuse for those who are committing these crimes. That is a crime on the part of those who are committing it. But we have to ponder and reflect on what we have to do. That crime remains. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly says in the Quran, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّمْ مَنَعْ مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ أَنْ يُذْكَرَ فِيهَا اسْمُهُ وَسَعَى فِي خَرَابِهَا That he asked an open-ended question. Who can be a bigger zalim? Who can commit an act of greater injustice? وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ Who is a greater criminal than the one who prevents people from the house of Allah? So if these people are, are preventing people from entering the third holy site in Islam, closing the Masjid al-Aqsa, then this is a very great crime in the eyes of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inna Allah basirun bil ibadi. He is watching over the actions of his slaves. And this is the time of the examination. The result will not come right away. But the result will come on the Yawm al-Deen. There is a day of retribution. And there is a Maliki Yawmuddin, there's a master of that day of retribution. He is watching. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring the Zalimin to an account. So they will face the justice from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for their dhulm. But an opportunity for us is to reflect on what we have to do. We have to make sincere tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as an ummah throughout the world that this day has come upon us. If any house of Allah is taken over by non Muslims, and disbelievers in Allah, this house of Allah which is dedicated to Allah, the masajid, they're dedicated houses of worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If any batil, any sources of falsehood, any, any groups of falsehood and disbelievers, they overtake a house of Allah and take, overtake its management and start interfering in the way it is run, this is a grave, grave crime and it is a source of the entire ummah to raise up and defend the house of Allah. If it is happening to the third holiest masjid in Islam, what could be a bigger crime than that? I guess the bigger crime than that could be if it happens to the second holiest masjid, Masjid al-Nabawi, ala sahib salatu salam If the Masjid al-Nabawi is overtaken by the enemies of Islam and start imposing their authority and rule on the Masjid of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa if you ask what could be a greater crime than that, very logically, the greater crime than that would be if the Masjid al-Haram in Makkah al-Mukarramah is overtaken by the enemies of Islam and they start imposing rule and authority there. If this is something which we find very inconceivable, then this is something which has already happened in the past. It has already happened in the past that Masjid al-Haram was not only under the control of mushrikeen and disbelievers in Allah, and disbelievers in Rasulullah but rather they had installed for centuries 360 idols in the Kaaba in the Baytullah and when the Kaaba the first house of worship we talk about Masjid Al-Aqsa with so much fervor and love and loyalty which it truly deserves as the third holiest masjid this is the first holiest masjid this is in the first house Allah says 
that was erected to remember Allah, is in the land of Bakka, Al Makkah. Mubarakan, it is a blessed place. Wahudan, lil alameen. And a source of guidance for the entire world. Fihi ayatun, bayinatun. There are clear signs of Allah present there. Maqamu Ibrahim. It is the place, the station of Ibrahim. His footsteps are present there. And whoever enters there will be in peace and sanctity and will be safe. That place was overtaken by Mushrikeen of Makkah. Not Yehud of Israel, but Mushrikeen who worship all these false gods and they erected their idols in the Kaaba. But this did not decrease the glory of Allah. This did not decrease the might of Allah. Allah was present then, He's present today, He's present tomorrow, He's present in all times. Subhanahu, He is Samad, He is independent of His entire creation. If the entire Ummah from Adam salam till today and from today till the end of the time, if we all become like Fir'aun and Abu Jahl, become enemies of Allah, it will not decrease the glory and might of Allah in the least. And if we all become like Muhammad Rasulullah wasallam, it will not increase the glory of Allah in the least. He is independent of His creation. But Allah allowed that to happen. This occurred when the effort of deen was not taking place. When we abandoned the deen, then this came that even the Kaaba was overtaken by non-Muslims, by Mushrikeen. So now today, if this is happening, first of all, we have to know what is going on. We need to be informed about this great trial that we are facing as Ummah. And we should feel that pinch in our heart that our brothers and sisters are being prevented to enter the Masjid al-Aqsa praying in the streets. Today in the Jummah, they were attacked as they were performing the Salah. Have you, if you have seen the footage from Al Jazeera, there's a brother, he's trying to complete his Salah. While he's engaged in Salah, the Israeli soldier is kicking him, pushing him, shooting tear gas, rubber bullets, and live ammunition on the Muslims who are performing Salah Jummah today in Masjid Al-Aqsa. And we have several hundred that were injured and few that were actually killed while performing Salah in the third holiest mosque of Islam, third holiest masjid of Islam. So this is a great tragedy for us, but at the same time we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings some khair from this, that it creates awareness within us, creates us within us some pain for the ummah, and the condition the ummah is in, and allows us to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and make sincere dua for our brothers there, and for, for wherever they are throughout the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect Masjid al-Aqsa, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala return it back to the control of the Muslims. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to realize the purpose of our life and to stand up and fulfill that purpose. Wa akhru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.